Let's read together Joshua chapter 14. In this chapter, we have the introduction to the division of the land between the nine and a half tribes on the west side of the Jordan River. And we also have the record of Caleb claiming his special portion of the land. Joshua chapter 14, beginning at verse 1. These are the areas which the children of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest, Joshua the son of Nun, and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel distributed as an inheritance to them. Their inheritance was by lot, as the Lord had commanded by the hand of Moses, for the nine tribes and the half-tribe. For Moses had given the inheritance of the two tribes and the half-tribe on the other side of the Jordan, but to the Levites he had given no inheritance among them. For the children of Joseph were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim, and they gave no part to the Levites in the land, except cities to dwell in with their common lands for their livestock and their property. As the Lord had commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did, and they divided the land. Then the children of Judah came to Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land where your foot has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 45 years, ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness. And now here I am this day, 85 years old. As yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there, and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me, and I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. And Joshua blessed him, and gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Hebron therefore became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. And the name of Hebron formerly was Kiriath Arba, Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim. Then the land had rest from war. Let's begin our study of Joshua chapter 14 with some background notes. Joshua chapter 13 begins the second half of the book of Joshua. The subject is the settling of the land of Canaan by the children of Israel. Now that the seven-year conquest of Canaan was over, the land had to be possessed and settled. In Joshua 13, we have the division of the land on the east side of the Jordan River between the two and a half tribes, Reuben, Gad, and the half tribe of Manasseh. These were the tribes that were reluctant to follow God's will and cross over and settle on the west side of the Jordan River. They thought the east side of the Jordan River had better grazing land, and they were worried about protection for their families. Read about this in Numbers chapter 32. They were convinced that they would be more protected on the east side of the Jordan River. They were wrong, but God allowed them to have their wish. Like many Christians today, the two and a half tribes settled for God's permissive will rather than for God's perfect will. 
Let me ask you this morning. Are you possibly twisting God's arm about something you want? Be careful. God may grant your request, even though it is not his perfect will. There is such a thing as the permissive will of God rather than the perfect will of God. Now here in Joshua chapter 14, we have the introduction to the division of the land on the west side of the Jordan River between the remaining nine and a half tribes. Now the mention of Eliezer, the priest, in verse 1, in reference to the division of the land, is right in line with what God had declared back in Numbers chapter 34, verses 16 through 18. So that's why we have uh, Eliezer here mentioned in verse 1 along with Joshua. Now from verse 6 to the end of the chapter, we have the account of Caleb receiving his special portion of the land. And this would be in the tribal area of Judah. Well, a lot more we could say for the background, but let's move now to our doctrinal or teaching points. Doctrinal or teaching point number one. There are mountains to be reclaimed in the land. There are mountains to be reclaimed in the land. In verse 6, we read that Caleb came to Joshua and said, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. Caleb, of course, is referring back to that time in Numbers 13 when he and Joshua were two of the spies sent out by Moses to spy out the land of Canaan. Joshua and Caleb were the only spies who were faithful. The other ten said that Israel would not be able to conquer the land. And unfortunately, the people of Israel believed the bad report. As a result, the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 38 more years until all that unbelieving generation died off. Only Joshua and Caleb from that generation entered the land because they trusted the Lord fully. Now Caleb, at 85 years old, is claiming the special portion of land that was given to him and his descendants by Moses himself. This special portion of land was Hebron and the surrounding hill country. Hebron, remember, was where Abraham dwelt for some time. Abraham built an altar there at Hebron. Hebron was where the patriarchs were buried. Notice Caleb's bold claim in verse 12. Now therefore give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. As far as Caleb is concerned, you see, this land was God's land, but it was under enemy control. It needed to be reclaimed for the Lord. What a lesson for us. There are mountains to be reclaimed in the land. Remember the land in the spiritual picture that God has given to us here in the book of Joshua is that unseen world of spiritual realities, including truth. Remember, that's where our spiritual blessings are, and that's where our spiritual warfare is as well. Now, there are a lot of mountains in that land that are under enemy control. We need to reclaim these mountains for the Lord and possess them ourselves. Illustration. Let's take the mountain of origins, for example. The truth about origins is that this universe was created by God, and so was man created by God. Man did not evolve from some lower creature. Now that's the truth. But in the realm of spiritual realities, this mountain of origins is right now under enemy control. Satan and his world system 
have captured this mountain and exchanged the truth for lies and brainwashed many people with the idea that everything came about from nothing through some kind of big bang. And man has evolved over millions of years from fish and frogs. Talk about kissing your brains goodbye. Folks, we need to reclaim this mountain. And we can, with God's help and strength. We need to get the truth out about origins. Praise the Lord, Christians are reclaiming this mountain. You know, if you go on an internet search, and if you key in words like origins, or Big Bang, or Starbirth, or evolution, guess what? You will hit a number of Christian websites and publications. Praise the Lord. We are reclaiming this mountain of origins. We got to do more. Other examples could be given. Take the problem of man, for example. The Bible teaches that man is essentially bad because he's born with a sinful nature. Satan's lie is that man is basically good. With enough education, he can climb out of his environment, which has made him bad. He's basically good. What a lie. Here's a mountain in the land of spiritual realities that's under enemy control. Listen, folks, we need to reclaim this mountain so that the biblical truth of man's real problem can be exposed. Let's be like Caleb. Give me this mountain. Remember, there are mountains to be reclaimed in the land. Doctrinal point number two. There are giants to be removed from the land. There are giants to be removed from the land. Verse 12 once again. Now therefore give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how the Anakim were there and that the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. The Anakim, of course, were giants. But no problem for Caleb. He drove them out in the strength of the Lord, including Arba, the greatest of the giants. Verse 15. Do you see the spiritual lesson for us? The land is the Lord's, but there is land that is under enemy control. The giants are the enemy forces and forms of spiritual opposition that control certain areas of the land. Let's go back to that illustration about origins. The mountain itself is the truth about origins. In the realm of spiritual realities and truth, God is the creator of everything. The enemy giants that control this mountain at the present time are the big forces such as secular education, and the culture and the media that Satan uses to maintain these lies and distortions of the truth about origins. Our job is to do what we can in the Lord's strength to cut these giants down to size and remove them from the land and reclaim the mountains of truth. You know, just a few weeks ago, I read about a couple of well-known museums that were forced to change their displays on the evolution of man from apes because enough Christians wrote in to say that there was no real fossil evidence to back up the displays. Now that's cutting the giants down to size. And of course you know how Christians are finally getting creation back into the classroom. Let's keep at it. There are giants to be removed from the land. Practical application. Let's all say, I want to be like Caleb. Let's all say, I want to be like Caleb.
Remember when uh, Michael Jordan was in his prime? Everybody was saying, I want to be like Mike. Well, here's a better goal. I want to be like Caleb. Look at verses 10 through 12 once again. I am this day 85 years old, and as yet I am as strong this day as on the day that Moses sent me. Now, therefore, give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. What a great statement. I mean, think of it. 85 years old. No middle life crisis for Caleb. No retirement for Caleb. No jealousy of Joshua for Caleb. What a model for us to follow. You know, when my dad turned 85 years old, he was still preaching just about every Sunday. And I sent him these verses on his 85th birthday card. My dad was a Caleb. He died at 89 years old, but strong right to the end, like Caleb. I want to be like Caleb, don't you? I mean, you know, your greatest achievements in life can come at old age. You know, right now I'm in a 30-year project to preach through the whole Bible for radio and internet. Well, if the Lord gives me uh, the life and strength, I should finish about 85 years old, about the age of Caleb. Now, we don't know what the Lord has in store for each one of us. In fact, maybe the rapture will be this coming year. But in the meantime, let's all say, I want to be like Caleb.